along. It's all right. <laughs> I'm sure the oldies would have loved that one. Anyway, we're, we're going to continue the trend of talking about the footy finals because we've got one of the greatest AFL journalists of all time. We've got Mike Sheehan on the line. Mike, thank you so much for joining us. Was that an accident that you just said oldies then? No, no, no. I wasn't referring to you, I promise, Mike. (laughs) Nice to talk to you, boys. And, Mike, it's was here. How have you seen uh, the year of football and uh, how excited are you for, well, tomorrow night to start with? Well, uh, the, um, yeah, look, I took a while to get engaged with the footy. Um, I was sort of, I was was watching most of it, but um, on telly and hadn't been to many games but you know as the stakes grow and and you know teams are in and out of finals and then we settle on the best eight i'm excited now i'm going to um melbourne and collingwood tomorrow night and to enter the carlton swans game wow. uh, despite the fact it'll be about eight degrees and old people mm. should be home and chucked up in bed but i'll be there <laughs> so i, I can sort of, even no matter how old i get i still have that sort of love for the for footy when it's played at its best and what, so what what um what gave you that or sort of what took so long to get back into the footy? I think a lot of people probably were in the same boat though. Uh, uh, what was it about footy at the start of the year that sort of wasn't grabbing you? I, I, I can't actually answer that. I, know, I asked myself that a few times because um, I was thinking, you know, this is unlike me not to want to go and be there. Uh, I do think there's a couple of things. One, I've got a, a house at Sorrento and I love going down there. Mm-hmm. So I'd go down often on Friday afternoons and come back Sunday night, which meant that I was watching it more on telly. And the telly production is so good. Mm. You know, I often come home from live games and see something on telly or see something on the news and say, I didn't see that. And I reckon it's just the coverage is so good um, and you can see all the games. It's just so much more comfortable doing that. Definitely, Mike. Um, That sort of interests me a little bit, the fact that you weren't engaged in... In footy, as, as far as I've known, Mike Sheehan, he's been, you know, you've been involved in everything footy. Yeah, I have, and that's true, but it's 11 years since I worked at the Herald, <laughs> the, old, the old Herald Sun. People mm. sort of tend to forget that. Yep. Um, so I, I think I got to, my last 10 years have been fo- well, was focused more on what I was doing at Fox, and then, then the finish, the last two or three years there, that was exclusively open mic. Mm. So that was more a reflective thing rather than what was happening on a, a day-to-day basis. Mike, we speak on, on, on the show a lot about, with sport, that commentary plays such a, a large part. Uh, who, who will excite you as a, as a commentator and who, who I mean, th- there's no Bruce McAvaney obviously with footy anymore, but who excites you in the commentary role now? Well, look, there's a... F- um, that's a good question, and I, I get asked it a little bit, and I wrestle with it a bit. I, I, I'm, um, I'm a BT fan, despite the fact that he occasionally uh, doesn't know as many players as he perhaps should, but <laughs> I, like, I like the energy he brings, uh, and I like the fact he's uncompromising in, uh, with players. I mean, if they, he's prepared to call them out when they do something that they shouldn't. Uh, he uses his expertise in kicking for goal and make some interesting observations on that so I'm a BT fan um, I think Hutto's probably the best in terms of pure calling uh, he's been doing it a long time he's good, there's a nice balance between excitement and information so probably if I was picking my team I'd have those two um, I like 
Kingy for his uh, expert comments. There's uh, probably I might occasionally suggest to him that he leave the uh, champion data at home. Um, but I like the fact that he makes big calls too, and he's energetic. I mean, there's always a, a sort of a, an element in his voice that makes you think this is exciting him, and therefore it probably excites us. And Mike, on the other, the flip side of the coin, we've got sport journalism, and it's obviously evolved since your your uh, cadet days. How do you see sport journalism now? <laughs> yeah, well, this is look. The risk with this is this is the old guy saying, "Ah, oh, it's not as good these days as it used to be." Uh, and I've always, I said to myself when I finished, "I'm not going to um, get into that situation because it's so easy to do." Um, but I think it's more difficult for the practitioners today because of social media and because there's so many people covering it and so many people having a bite of the pie. I mean, I still... I, Mark Robinson polarises opinion more than anyone, I think, even more so than Caroline Wilson. But I'm a Robbo fan. I like what he does um, in terms of he's, he's, like me, is focused on what happens inside the fence. Um, and that's my interest is what happens, who wins and why and who the good players are and stuff like that. So, um, but I, did, I, I certainly don't miss having to uh, report into work every day for a newspaper mm-hmm. and keep up with it and, and know that pressure that if a story breaks, it's on social media 10 minutes later. Mm. And the players this year, we've just seen the All-Australian uh, team. Uh, who do you enjoy watching? And and obviously, uh, were you happy with the team that was that, that was known? Yeah, well, so I, I, look, I thought there were a few that... I mean, I think... Um, Liberatore was stiff because of what he brings. I mean, he's almost the most important player of the Bulldogs. Mm. I say almost because Bond and Pelly is that. But Lib is huge to um, in the in the makeup of the Bulldogs team. Mm. Um, I think Bond and Pelly's the best player in the competition because he's very good. Probably twenty weeks a year. But um, Kerno is an excitement machine, and like everyone else in the game, I've forgiven Toby Green for all his indiscretions and <laughs> yeah. now love watching him play. Yeah, we had uh, we had Matt DeBoer on uh, just this evening as well, and uh, we spoke about Toby and how he's become that player that everybody now likes and enjoys watching. I hope you asked DeBoer how he would have uh, gone tagging him, did you? No, we didn't. <laughs> <laughs> I reckon Toby might have reverted back to his, uh, his old tactics and knocked him out, I reckon. <laughs> So, Mike, who do you think the most pressure is on this weekend? Is it Brisbane? Obviously, the past couple of years, they've gone all the way except for a grand final appearance. Is the most pressure on them or is it on yeah, somebody else? I agree else? with you about that. I, I think, clearly, I share, this, I share your view. Mm. I think it's seen like they're in good form. Their injury list is minimal. Uh, they've got the dream draw if they if the cards fall correctly of playing two games at home and then coming down for the grand final so they definitely wouldn't want to lose this one and you said that about their, their fitness and they seem to be more than any other team uh, have, yeah. have had continuity over the, the la- latter half of the year what, we'll start with tomorrow night's game though uh, how do you see that going? Well, I'm a Melbourne supporter, if you blokes don't know. Uh, <laughs> I'm not saying you should, but if you don't, I am a Melbourne supporter. I think they're good. I, I, I've thought for the entire season that Melbourne has the best list uh, in terms of the capabilities of the blokes that are available to them, mm. but their form's been erratic. Um, it's easy to figure. We forget how good Collingwood were, I reckon. Like six weeks ago, they were 
Mm. It was going to be a, a Collingwood flag and a Dacos Brownlow, uh, and now you get 10 to 1 the double. But I, the Pies at their best are very good, and Darcy Moore's back, um, and I, they haven't had much to play for in the last two or three weeks. So I think Collingwood-Melbourne game will be the pick of the finals, um, and I'm hoping more than expecting that Melbourne will win. And what does the omission of Nick Dacos mean to Collingwood? Will they have to alter the, the style they play, or will they just go into this game playing the way they've played throughout the year? Yeah, I think the latter, I reckon. I mean, as good as he is, mm. um, it, it, they can, they've got their depth is really good. So I think they would love to have him, but I think they can cover for him probably better than any other team can. And just on Dacos too, have you seen in, in your time someone like that starting that way and over the last two years? Um, yeah. I, 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 you blokes, can you remember Chris Judd studying? Oh, yeah, yeah, actually. I was a bit too young for that, I think. No, I do, <laughs> I do. That's unbelievable. Yeah. And, and I mean, he was electrifying. I think what we tend to remember Juddy more for the hard work, the grunt work he did at Carlton rather than what he did at West Coast. Yeah, true. And, I, and he, I would say, if you, I would say that Juddy was more explosive and more damaging than Dacos in their first couple of years. Um, but the kid, Dacos is a, is a beauty. There's no doubt about that. I mean, he, he uses the ball probably as well as anyone in the competition. He's a good decision maker. He's cool. Um, so he's a star. And what about a player like Melksham for Melbourne? He's been a, a bit of a barometer for the team throughout the past 10 rounds. He's been setting the tone down forward and last week uh, put the put the tail over Sicily and, and limited his impact. Is is he a massive loss for Melbourne as he well? Is, yeah. I'm a big Jake Melksham fan because um, I, I, I see a bit of him locally too and he's a nice boy so that always helps. Mm. Uh, the good bloke card is very, very significant. Yes. But I, look, he's, what I like about him is he's always a chance to kick a goal. You know, just for, can come from nowhere. He, I think he sprayed him around a bit in one of these um, last couple of games but he's usually very good um, he's good over his head for his size. So, you know, I'm missing. There's no doubt about that. And if we move on to the other game, you said you were going Carlton-Sydney. Was that right? Uh, what, are you, what are your thoughts there? Um, I think the Blues win. You can't fluke nine in a row. Mm. It was nine in a row, wasn't it? Yes. Yep. Yeah. You can't fluke that. They've got the most important player in the game is, is in Curnow. Um they're playing in Melbourne. And the other thing that I think that's a bit disturbing about the Swans is their inability to finish off games. I mean, their last quarters have been poor. Um, so I think the Blues will make it a contest for as long as they need to. And if the Swans can't stand up and start to wilt, the Carlton would run away. Mike, do you buy into the finals experience at all? We saw yep. today that Sydney actually almost double to triple the amount of finals games that Carlton players have played. Do you, do you buy into that at all? Yeah, I do. I do, yeah. I think it's important. I think, again, that, back to Brisbane, that's why the expectations uh, on them are so high because they've had the, the classic sort of um, preparation in terms of being disappointed, getting there, getting so close, not making it, uh, and maturing. So their blokes have had a lot of finals experience and I think it's got to help. I mean, there's no doubt when you talk about the... The ex- I was watching um, Stelwood Cochin and Tim Watson last night and they talk about it in a different way because it's so, they're so used to it. They're 20 finals mm. plus all three of them. 
so can sit, compare that with the kid that's playing his first and is trying to stay cool mm. and just is wondering about what it's going to be like with uh, the intense focus he's going to be under. And we talk about uh, lack of finals experience. You've got St Kilda GWS. Yes. Would, would you mind if St Kilda... Uh, played Melbourne in the grand final and and actually won it. Would would, would that bother you too much? <laughs> no, I wouldn't. Uh, no, look, I, 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 I hope um, too many Pel- not many Melbourne supporters listen to this. But <laughs> when um, uh, when the Bulldogs won and then Richmond won and um, and I, I remember thinking that if we could get because I'm big into the the game. I, I'm a, a supporter of the game rather than a particular team, mm. and I think it would just be great to have. Um, the Saints win one. I would love to be in this town when St Kilda breaks the drought, but I don't think it's going to be this year. No, no I agree. Just moving on, Mike, with this second qualifying final between Brisbane and Port Adelaide, just played that night on the Saturday. Everyone's sort of written off Port Adelaide. Yeah, I'm not one of them. You're not one of them? No. No, I think, I, th- I think, uh, you know, that cliche that it's one in the midfield. Mm. Um, Butters, Rosie and Horn Francis... Are genuine guns, mm. uh, it, and, and the Butters and Rosie certainly can work together. And I think Horn Francis. I think the stage is just made for him. I mean, he's going to be a champ if mm. he's not there. Yeah. No, he's not there yet, but he will be a champ. So those three uh, playing on the hard and fast Gabba ground. Uh, if, if things run their way, they're going to be hard to catch. Yeah, definitely, and it's it's a massive game for Brisbane as well. They're, they're, the amount of pressure on this team is is massive. Don't you agree, Mike? Yeah, it is. It's more so on on Brisbane than Port Adelaide. I mean, it, it, the reverse would be if Port Adelaide were playing at home, they would be the team under the most pressure in the finals. But they're visiting. I think the broad expectation is that that Brisbane win, um, mm. and the the view would be well if Port Adelaide are honourable in defeat and then they've get uh, their second crack at it um, they've done quite well definitely and and just summing up who who are your two premiership contenders who are the teams that are above the pack I've narrowed it down to eight <laughs> <laughs> no, I think if it, uh, the two um, well there's a bit of emotion I would love to think Melbourne's won I do believe they've got the best list mm. um, so if they Win that puts Collingwood under extra pressure because they've, you know, they've got a, in, in the cutthroat games um, and may have to go into state. I would think Melbourne and Brisbane are uh, the two that I would, at the moment, look most likely. And just one last one from from me, just on the journalism side, journalism side of things. Um, you said you're more, you were more happy with what sort of is reported about inside the fence um, and over the last few years I think some of the young players and we mentioned Jason Hall from Francis and a few others they seem to cop it at a very young and early age what, what's your thoughts on that? You broke up a little bit there. What do you say the young people what? They seem to cop it very quickly from the media like Horn Francis and a few others and, and oh, cop yeah, it pretty hard Way too quick yeah. I, I hope we didn't do that when I was there um, in the, I think I like to think that we gave them more time and they deserve it. I mean, I've often been arguing in the case for the King brothers mm. and people say, oh, they're not going to make it, they're overrated, they're this and they're that. They're two kids playing in the toughest position on the ground and I think, they're, as Eugle Hagen is, I reckon they probably need five seasons, almost the best part of 100 games, before we can judge how good they are. And pro- Francis stuff is crazy. Yeah. It's just... A kid who wanted to go home, he probably 
mucked up a little bit at North, but he didn't want to be there. The club was poor. Um, he probably made a couple of naive decisions. But to boo him, it's just staggering to me. Mm. I mean, and it can't, it's not just North people. I mean, but broadly speaking, every club seems to have a ping at him. And I, I can't understand why he's not a dirty player. He's a brilliant player. And I would just hope he goes on and becomes the star that he looks like he's going to be. Yeah, well said. Mike, I just want to touch on your, your own media career for a, a second. My fondest memories of you were on open mic, particularly the, the Mark Jacko Jackson interview. <laughs> and it's, yeah, in you which, too. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we actually, uh, I'm, I'm a journalism student, Mike, and we watched that in our one of our journalism classes on how to actually interview someone who's a bit hostile, is a bit sort loose. of like that. A bit loose, yeah. <laughs> Um, was he one of your, your least favourite interviews? And on the flip yeah. side, was who was one of your favourites? No, he wasn't. One, he was one of my least favourite. He was my least <laughs> favourite by, by three lengths to the straight. <laughs> he, um, I mean, because he came on clearly with the view that he was going to embarrass me. Yep. Um, and, and that's okay. I mean, I, I would have thought if the battle lines had drawn initially, if he says, "Yeah, I'll come on," but I'm going to give you some stick. Well, I know where we're headed, mm. but he just sort of, it was almost like an ambush. And it was, you know, that it was nasty, petty stuff. So um, I, I, I actually, I can say in all honesty, I, I thought I handled as well as as I could, mm. um, uh, allowing for the initial shock. And then I thought, well, I perhaps gave as good back as I was getting. So I'm not unhappy about that. Um, uh, it's hard to say that, but it's a bit like your kids because I did 234 episodes of that show. Okay. Um, and there were probably six or eight that I would say I either picked the wrong subject or would like to have done them again. Mm. But the others, I mean, I, there are lots of reasons. I mean, Anthony Stevens was one that I really liked for the obvious reasons. Um, Matthew Lloyd, uh, Peter Swab was a really moving one uh, because having lost his little girl to brain cancer and the emotion he showed. And Alan Stoneham, um, you know, whose son murdered his girlfriend and went to jail. Mm. Uh, they talk so openly about those... You know, we often say football's not life and death. Well, I think in those situations, we got into issues which were life and death and just proved the difference between one a game and the other, which is real life. Mm. And, Mike, just one last one from me. As a journalism student myself, are there any tips you can give me as, as someone trying to crack into the industry? I can't give you I can't give you a tip about getting a job. Keep, <laughs> keep knocking on, knocking on. No, I'm serious about this. Yep. Just keep knocking on doors. Mm. Um I know so many kids that have ended up in papers have just refused to take no for an answer. Mm. And, and they don't they don't um, become pests, but they just sort of say, oh, hi, is anything happening? And, you know, mm. here's some more things I'd like to show you to put my case and stuff like that. But the two, when I talk, I talk to the Monash journalism students mm. a couple of times a year and I always reinforce the point about curiosity and preparation. Mm. Um, and I, I just think you've just got to have that natural inclination to want to ask people questions. Mm. Um, and it's not, you know, I've my kids are even like that because I think they saw that with me. And I've got friends who think I ask too many questions and that I'm sort of intrusive. But I like it. I think um, the one thing I learned off Sam Newman is that um, he always says, he said, I don't care what you ask me. Anyone can ask me anything I like. That's how I answer the threat. <laughs> it's true. But you do need to know your subject. I'm yeah, sure it's definitely. Yeah. There are examples where we've all been caught out because we haven't been as well prepared as we should. Yeah. Know your subject, read the papers every day so you're aware of things, and never say, I don't know. 
Touch that until you can find yeah. it and make sure that you do know. Oh, beautiful. Make it to you, make it. Yeah. <laughs> beautiful. Uh, thank you so much, Mike, and we really appreciate you jumping on to chat about the finals and, and your career. Nice to talk to you, boys. Good luck. Thanks, Mike. Thanks, Mike. Yeah, one of the legends of the AFL media, Mike Sheehan. Oh, well, you do uh, you do well not to follow in his footsteps, oh, right? Yeah. yeah, he's had he's had one of the best careers. I think you know, my favourite was obviously yeah, when he did those sit down interviews and obviously getting to the other side of people's thoughts, getting a bit deeper into their uh, into their worlds yeah. rather than just the gloss that the papers sort of yes. thrash across and. Uh, yeah, interesting, interesting man, and uh, would would love his job. Oh yeah, would have loved that. He job. has some great stories. Yep. I reckon we might have to get him back on. You're on the way, mate. You're on the <laughs> way. Hey, you're running the show here. We've only a couple of mistakes, oh, but go. we're going oh, all right. That's all right. Yeah. Uh, anyway, we've got one more. One guest more guest, go. and then we'll have a bit of a chat about this. <laughs> Beautiful. On the other side of this one.